For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consultant. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host, Sean Eubanks. Thanks for joining us and welcome to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Streamwise Consulting. And on our show today, we have Craig Henderson, who is the CEO and founder of Extract Labs. It's an industrial hemp extraction, product formulation, and consulting company based out of Boulder, Colorado. Prior to founding Extract Labs, Craig was the senior sales engineer for Apex Supercritical based out of Denver, Colorado. He performed technical sales and managed all national and international training and service on Apex extraction systems. He also performed cannabis-related research and development and taught classes specifically on advanced CO2 extraction techniques along with pre- and post-processing techniques. He received a bachelor and master's of science degree in, in mechanical engineering from the University of Louisville with a concentration in thermal sciences and renewable energy. Prior to his undergraduate and graduate studies, he served as an infantryman and team leader in the U.S. Army during Operation Iraqi Freedom from 2002 to 2006. So, Craig Henderson, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so so welcome. Um, all right, let's kind of let's kind of dive in. I mean, number one, congratulations on being the founder and CEO of Extract Labs. I know you guys are having success. You've been added a, a couple of years now, but before you were kind of the point man there for Apex Supercritical. Um, talk about that experience and, and what you learned there, and then we'll kind of lead into how you decided to go ahead and found Extract Labs. Yeah. Um, so my background is mechanical engineering, and uh, the cannabis industry, about three or four years ago when people first started making extracts and vape pens, uh, there was a big need to get away from hydrocarbon extractions and do CO2 extractions. So a company out of Ohio, Apex, um, was manufacturing a piece of equipment that performed these extractions using carbon dioxide. I saw them on TV. I linked up with them. I'm the one who moved out here to Colorado, opened up the Apex Denver location so that we could be closer to all of our customers out here in Colorado. So I did sales training. You know, I spent three years just traveling the country teaching people how to process cannabis into oil using CO2 extractions. Nice, and I saw, actually, I was out in uh, New York a couple of weeks ago, and I saw Apex. Uh, they're still using your, your picture there, and I was like, hey, that's crap. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, so you're still, you're still a part of Apex there, or getting a little bit of love there, so that's really, really good to see. I, it sounds like that was a great experience for them having you um, on, and, and then at what point did you decide, all right, I, I kind of want to branch out on my own. Was there a deciding factor that led you that way? Or did you just know you always wanted to own your own company? So I was doing, like I said, I was training people how to do the extractions. I started learning more and more about the processing, pre-processing, post-processing. 
Um, I was very intrigued by, you know, showing up in someone's house, teaching them on a piece of equipment, and then six months later seeing them, you know, move into a big building and do really well. So I thought to myself, you know, I could be doing this. Uh, it looked like the marijuana industry specifically was getting maybe a little oversaturated, but the hemp industry was something new that a lot, not a lot of people were really paying attention to. And I knew that CBD was in industrial hemp. So I thought, you know, why not do the same thing um, that all my customers are doing in marijuana? Why don't I take that knowledge and apply it towards hemp and start a company? Awesome. And was Apex doing hemp also or just focus on the marijuana stuff? Apex was doing no extractions. It was strictly uh, engineering and manufacturing of the equipment. And then we would train people how to use that equipment on marijuana. Okay. And are you still using their equipment going forward? Or are you doing your own stuff now? I'm doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I do not have any of their equipment in my possession um, at the moment. Okay. Well, excellent. So let's kind of, for our listeners, try to talk about a, just a, a brief overview. I know they've probably heard this a couple of times, but just getting started with what is the difference between marijuana and industrial hemp? So industrial hemp classic, they're both cannabis. What makes one industrial hemp and not marijuana is THC levels below 0.3%. So any, so it essentially is marijuana, just with THC levels below 0.3%, it can then be classified as industrial hemp and it falls into the uh, regulation under the Department of Agriculture. Okay. And then industrial hemp does have the 0.03. Um, are you, of, of the farms that you're working with and your clients, are they, they're 100% outdoor grown, correct? Most of them. There's a few greenhouse grows, but, uh, you know, a lot of people would grow marijuana outside, but um, it's, it's so regulated. They need to be, in, at least in Colorado, there's a lot of rules on where you can grow marijuana, whereas hemp, there's not a lot of rules associated with it. So people are growing outside um, over greenhouses. Are you seeing, Craig, in your, in your opinion, are you seeing the people that are outdoors with hemp specifically, are they having more success? Or are you seeing the indoor grows, provided they're large enough, they're doing well also? So the indoor grows are definitely higher uh, quality, definitely better material, higher yields. I'm not sure uh, on the business side of things if one is more profitable than the other. As a processor, I enjoy getting the indoor grown stuff or the greenhouse grown stuff because it's so much cleaner. Um, but from a business standpoint, I do not know if that higher quality indoor makes up for, you know, the, the free elements, you know, the sun and everything that's outdoor. Okay. And you're, we're going to talk about extractions, distillations, and isolation later. But is there a preference where outdoor you prefer to go, okay, for extractions, we're going to do, well, I can use this outdoor farmer. For distillations, we can use this. Or is there a difference a in your thoughts so organizing the process? Yeah. So if we're trying to do a really natural, full spectrum, clean oil, we don't take it all the way to isolation. We just want like a really good raw oil. The indoor greenhouse material has proven to be much better. Um, the outdoor stuff uh, experiences a lot of climate, you know, so it, it gets cold at nights, especially towards in the fall. It gets really cold. So some of those, uh, you know, the wind, the hail, the, the real cold nights uh, has an effect on the plants. And we tend to not get as clean of uh, winterized oil on the outdoor stuff. So most of our outdoor stuff ends up going to isolate. 
our greenhouse stuff is used for a good full spectrum oil. Okay, and this question is all industrial hemp the same, meaning our, our, as it relates to indoor and outdoor, is it all pretty much the same and does it all have high levels of CBD in it? Some industrial hemp is grown for fiber and some industrial hemp is grown for oil. You know, so the stuff that is treated like marijuana, the big flowers, that is good oil material. And then the other industrial hemp looks like big bamboo shoots, you know, real thick stalks. And that is grown for fiber, which I do not know a lot about. And I don't know many people growing it for fiber, but uh, I do know there's a difference in the two. So on the flower side of things, does, does all of it have high CBD levels in it? or is It, it does, there? yeah. And if they, and, and so what they're essentially doing, they're growing marijuana strains that have been bred to raise CBD levels and lower THC levels. So some strains, they have to be really careful about growing it because there's a chance, you know, the THC levels could spike on them if they let it go too long in the ground um, or if the climate's not just right. Wonderful. And do growing techniques affect the percentage of CBD? It does, yeah. Our indoor greenhouse material definitely has, you know, on average six, you know, five to 10% higher CBD levels than the outdoor grown stuff. Okay, and so obviously you prefer the indoor, but is that realistic as far as, and I'm asking you kind of with crystal ball here, but do you think in the future people are going to be able to still grow hemp indoors, or do you think eventually they punt and it's a thousand acre sort of plot and it's massively commercialized in order to be competitive? Or do you think there's a way for people to still grow indoors and still get you that extra 5 to, to 10% of uh, CBD content? I think they're just going to have to perfect their outdoor skills. Or maybe, you know, some states will focus on outdoor and some states will focus on indoor. Um, here in Colorado, you know, it's dry. Is some of the outdoor material I've seen from Kentucky has been really nice material compared to the outdoor material I've seen from Colorado. So I think on a larger scale, outdoors where it's going to be at, but uh, there's still going to be some need for some high quality greenhouse grown material. Okay, excellent. Well, we need to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll be joined by Craig Henderson, CEO of Extract Labs. And uh, during the break, go ahead and check out his website, www.extractlabs.com, and we'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. 
Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks, Vice President of Strainwise Consulting. On our show today, we have Craig Henderson, the CEO and founder of Extract Labs in Boulder, Colorado. Welcome back to the show, Craig. Yes, thank you. Okay, so we talked a little bit about growing techniques in that first segment. And, you know, is industrial hemp the same? And, you know, does industrial hemp have THC in it and how much? And the differences between indoor and outdoor and your preferences there. Um, So that's a great summary there. And we we could talk about that more. But let's dive into kind of who your customers and your clients are right now. Okay. Um, Right now, so we deal a lot directly with farmers. You know, so farmers this past year, they grew a bunch of hemp. They knew it was worth something. They were hoping they'd be able to sell off all their flour and just grow another crop next year. Unfortunately, they had a hard time selling the flour. So now they're trying to figure out how they can sell it. So what we've been doing for farmers, we take in their material, we charge them a toll processing fee to turn all their material into oil or isolate. And then we ran into another problem. You know, the farmers didn't know who to sell that oil or isolate to. So what we've also been doing is help them find buyers for their oil and isolate. So the way it's been working recently, farmers bring us their material. Um, we charge them a toll processing fee and we find them buyers for their oil and isolate so that everyone, you know, myself and the farmers are getting paid. Um, other customers, we've got a few people that, uh, that work directly with us, just buying their oil and isolate for their products, skincare products, uh, edible companies, stuff like that. Well, what a tremendous asset you are to these companies because you're, you're basically filling out their, their business development, their sales teams all, all in one swoop. I mean, you're telling, you get them feedback on number one, you introduce them to, to buyers to make the transaction happen. But number two, you're also probably giving them feedback on what products are selling, why they're selling, and then all of the uses for it. Correct. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, when we first started Extract Labs, that wasn't the plan to connect all those dots, but it's been kind of essential for us to survive um, just the large network. And now, so you do, and that would kind of fall under consulting. Do you do a lot of consulting and you find that that's absolutely paramount to your success or... Um, do you spend very little time consulting and making those connections? Did a little bit of consulting. Um, you know, my network from my previous company has worked well for me. And then, uh, as for just straight up consulting where we go out and charge to teach them stuff, we've done a little bit of that, but not a lot. And then what are you finding Craig that people are using CBD for? And I, and I also kind of want a second part of that question is what is the biggest thing that your farmers, when they bring you the product and you respond to, hey, here's what it's being used for, what are they most surprised about? Like, oh, wow, is it topicals? Um, is it a different product where they're, uh, they're amazed that there is demand for that? Topicals is a big one. I think everyone knows about that. Tinctures is a big one, just a way to consume small amounts of CBD. Um, <clears throat> the one that I've been most surprised about lately is dog treats. I feel like the tinctures... Um, you know, originally people made these tinctures for humans, but everyone sees them to their animals. I feel like the pet care products are really starting to take off and it's, uh, it's huge. Um, a little bit of vapable products, you know, CBD vapable products that can be sold in all 50 states. 
seems to really be taking off, uh, especially in states where marijuana is not legal, but CBD is. So that's that's a big one. As now, under the dog treats, are, are they able to sell those dog treats directly or do they need a different license for that? Or are they partnering with an existing dog food company? How, how does the process work for them to get that those dog treats to market it's just small you know small companies not regulated under you know the marijuana industry and uh, i have not met with anyone who's partnered with any large companies so it's just small startup companies like myself they're taking cbd uh blending it into like a dog treat recipe and then they're going to trade shows and just getting getting their name out there. Now, I have I have vaped CBD before, and I actually feel relaxed. And I was shocked. And I was down in Puerto Rico. We have some interest down there. And this gentleman was testing a product, and he said, "Look, this is this is pure CBD. Vape it." And I'd never vaped before. Period. I vaped it. It was pure CBD, and I felt relaxed immediately. And he said it was because of the coil and the pen. That was, you know, obviously he wanted to push his pen, but I, I'd never thought you could feel a sense of well-being from simply just CBD. Um, I thought that was kind of gimmicky or it's more like a, you know, sort of um, omega-3s or some things that you need to take, but you have to take them over time. Are you hearing back that people's pets are responding to CBD and they're they're benefiting in some way? Yeah. So what you just said, that's kind of how I felt in the beginning. I, I knew it was good. I knew it helped with, you know, seizures and stuff like that. But I, I did not realize that people could vape it and have almost immediate well-being feeling. Um, but it seems like that's what we're noticing. A lot of people, we make a CBD shatter and then we infuse cannabis terpenes. So you'll get you know, the same terpene profile that comes from a sativa, mix it in with the CBD, people can vape that, and they do. They can get that sativa filling with a little bit of relaxation. We're also hearing of people vaping it and getting instant pain relief um, is what everyone keeps saying. I myself have not noticed that so much. But a lot of people, you know, they keep coming back, they keep buying it for these reasons. And as for the animals, it's, you know, it's pretty clear. We, you know, I've heard the stories about people with dogs with hip problems and the dog has a hard time walking around the house, doesn't like to get up. They give their dog, uh, you know, some of the CBD tincture and within a, you know, an hour, their dog's up running around doing things they hadn't seen their dog do in a long time. So it's pretty impressive. You know, every time I hear these stories. I'm kind of uh, shocked. You know, I just didn't expect it to work that well. Yeah, me either. And, uh, you know, for it to, I, I'm curious about topicals as well to see if that does absorb quickly. Um, I know some people that use topicals, but they're THC infused. So they get a numbness on the topical. Yeah, I just did um, about last year. I did a 14er here in Colorado, rubbed some topical on my legs. And it seemed like the pain went away, um, but I wasn't sure, you know, if it was just coincidence or not. Well, yesterday I had done two 14ers. I came home. My knees were killing me. I rubbed the cream on. The pain, you know, after about 30 minutes did go away. After about six hours, I rubbed more cream on and it went away again. So I'm starting to get pretty convinced uh, that even the topicals work, you know, relatively quickly. Wow. And so this is just. It was a, a body cream. Yeah. So shea butter, uh, jojoba with a little bit of CBD oil mixed in it. So where do you see CBD demand in in five years from now? I see in the next five to 10 years, um, people kind of like you had mentioned about omega threes, uh, vitamin C, vitamin A. You know, 30 years ago, people weren't pushing that. But now you see these vitamins in, uh, in cereals, you see them in, you know, in all sorts of foods because we realize that we need these things. I have a feeling CBD is going to be the same way. Another five to 10 years, 
people are going to start putting CBD in all sorts of body care products, uh, food products, just because they're going to realize this is something we need in small amounts just to live you know, healthy lifestyles. So your choice, when you talk about the 14ers that you climbed yesterday, your choice obviously is maybe Motrin or Advil or something over the counter. Do you see, which clearly you chose to go with the CBD topical, do you see CBD replacing those? I mean, and I want to talk generally about the threat that they might pose, right? Because there are real economic interests that are going to work against the progression of CBDs. And I'm I'm hoping the CBD is a compliment, but it sounds like it's obviously for a mild soreness or some some type of mild pain medication. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about that all the time here that uh, who knows, you know, in five or 10 years, like you said, it's kind of, it may be a replacement for like a Tylenol or a Motrin or, you know, mild. Um, it's amazing what we're hearing from people. You know, all of us are pretty healthy, so we don't get to, you know, try it out and see if it replaces, you know, hardcore painkillers. But the little bit of experience we have personally and what we've heard from people, you know, it could definitely compete with uh, a lot of real simple things like, you know, Neosporin, ibuprofen, uh, stuff like that. Great. Well, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be rejoined by Craig Henderson, who is the CEO and founder of Extract Labs in Boulder, Colorado. Don't go away. Check out their website, www.extractlabs.com during the break. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Sean Eubanks, the host of Blunt Business and Vice President of Strainwise Consulting. On our show today, we've been visiting with Craig Henderson of Extract Labs in Boulder, Colorado. We're going to dive into some techniques, talk a little bit about um, different options, isolates, and different ways to distill um, in this final segment. So, Craig, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, and so your your background is with um, Apex Supercritical, which is obviously CO2. But tell me what extraction techniques you do use now with Extract Labs, and what do you recommend for processing industrial hemp? Okay, so we're still using CO2. Um, we don't have an Apex system, but we do have a large-scale CO2 system. We really love CO2 for our full-spectrum oils. Anything that we want to keep really clean, really pretty, visually appealing – CO2 does a great job. Um, we also do alcohol extraction. So if we're just trying to crank through material and take everything to an isolate or a distillate, uh, alcohol has proven to work really well for us. Okay. And then um, so under CO2 extraction, what are, you, what are you trying to achieve there and where do you stop um, and, and what end product do you get from CO2? Um, a winterized or you know, a de-waxed full spectrum oil, either decarbed or non-decarbed is really our goal with CO2 or a distillate. If we're trying to produce a really clean distillate um, or if the plant material is what we've seen, outdoor grown plant material, sometimes a little dirty. So if we're trying to make something that's trash and make it really clean, CO2 has seemed to work really well for us. Okay, and then and then walking us through the extraction and winterization process. This is the first time you're hearing it. You extract first and you winterize second, correct? Yes. So the winterization process, that is a de-waxing process. Um, you take the extract, you put it in alcohol, you get it in a freezer, get it really, really cold. All fats and waxes fall to the bottom and solidify. And as long as the solution is cold, you can filter it. So you pour it through a filter, fats and waxes won't go through. Um, and you've essentially removed your plant waxes from the oil. Then you just got to remove your alcohol and you've got a nice, clean, de-waxed oil. Okay, and then when you get to the de-waxed oil, this is the winterization process, you're now into distillation. Um, what do you do with that? What product do you derive from distillation? And what do you? Um, what's the focus of that distillation process and, and what is the end product? So yeah, the winterized oil <clears throat> is around 55% CBD, you know, 55 to 65%. It's got other cannabinoids in it. It's still got terpenes. Um, it's what people are calling like a good full spectrum oil. So it's good for a tincture. It's good for some body rubs. But let's say you want to put CBD into a chapstick. You might not need, sometimes, you know, the plant terpenes uh, reacts with the skin a little bit. And sometimes you have some taste associated with that. So if you're making a chapstick, you might not want that cannabis taste on your lips. So one good example, you take that winterized oil and you distill it. You heat it up and you uh, fraction off, you know, just the cannabinoids, just the good stuff that you want. It goes from a darker oil to something really transparent. It takes the CBD levels from, you know, 55% up to 80%. And then you've lost all your terpenes. You've lost your flavonoids. So now you can put that oil into a product, still have your CBD and your other cannabinoids, but you've lost the taste and some of the smell and stuff associated with it. Okay. And then... Talk to us about isolation. What is that? Why is it used? And what's the end product for it? So, yeah, if you want pure, you know, so the distillate that we just discussed, the winterized oil we just discussed has CBD in it, but it also has other cannabinoids. Um, if you're wanting to just have pure CBD to put into something, let's say you wanted like a CBD water, you couldn't put a drop of oil into the water, um, but you could, you know, put just a small amount of pure CBD. So this is where the isolate comes in. You would take that distilled oil we just talked about, that distillate, and then you would 
you would isolate out all the CBD through another process, a post-process using uh, hydrocarbons. You could isolate out all your CBD, and then it's in powder form and can be shipped to all 50 states. Okay, and that isolation, that's when you get the pure extract. It's going to end up in crystal or powder form there. Okay, yep. wonderful review. So, so are there pros and cons to the different extraction processes, and why would one person choose one process over another? Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. <clears throat> some of them are cleaner. Some of them are faster. If you've got good, clean plant material um, and you're not worried about how it's going to turn out, then alcohol is obviously extremely fast and easy. If you've got dirty plant material, sometimes alcohol is not the best, whereas like a CO2 extraction is a really clean extraction. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. And then um, are you totally against hydrocarbons or have, do you believe there's a place for them in the market? Or are you hoping that they get phased out or do you just believe that CO2 and alcohol are better? No, I'm, uh, I'm for hydrocarbons. I don't personally do any hydrocarbon extractions, but I know hydrocarbon extractions can be really clean, just like CO2. Um, if you are trying to make like a raw vapable, like a real clean vapable product, sometimes hydrocarbons might not be the best unless they go through a proper back purge. But if you're going to distillate or if you're going to isolate, it really doesn't matter. So it's just more of a personal preference for me. We've, I, my background is in CO2. I like alcohol. So just by coincidence, we don't have any hydrocarbon, but I'm totally for it, as long as it's done right and safely. Okay. And along the lines of equipment and machines, do you have any recommendations for our listeners about what type of equipment to use? ETS um, makes a really nice propane butane machine. Apex makes a great CO2 machine. Vitalis out of Canada makes a great large-scale CO2 machine. Alcohol systems, there's really not a machine associated with it. Um, it's more of just a technique using alcohol. Okay, and then how much, How much? now you have a lab, you have big farming clients for sure. If someone's looking to get into this business and they're going to go the CO2 route, how much money should they spend on their equipment? And, you know, a small, a, a large marijuana operation, you know, they're doing 20 pounds a day. A large hemp operation is doing 1,000 pounds a day. So it's right now the largest CO2 machine on the market is about 100 pounds a day. So I don't, it would be hard for a large scale industrial hemp processor to do only CO2 processing. Um, they, they can do some CO2 processing, but they're going to have to supplement with either hydrocarbon or alcohol. Okay. And then do you have any equipment recommendations for distilling your oil? Short path distillation is very popular. It's simple. Um, they make Pope. Pope makes a really large, uh, fractional distillation setup. Um, Root Sciences has a really nice one, but they are expensive. You know, they, they, there's a lot of throughput, but sometimes you can just buy multiple short path systems and, you know, it's a fraction of the cost. Okay. And then what other options besides short path are there? For distilling? Yes. Uh, wiped film evaporators. So that, that Pope I was talking about, the Root Sciences, it's, uh, it's very similar to short path but it's using a little bit different technology. It's essentially achieving the same thing, um, but using, you know, white film evaporation technology. Okay, and can you isolate more than just CBD now? And if so, how? Mm, not through distillation, or at least not uh, very well through distillation, but through chromatography, you can. So something we're working on recently, um, in small batches is chromatography. So that'll actually separate out. You could, you know, put oil in and remove all the THC or isolate out all the, you know, different cannabinoids. We're, on a production level, we're still struggling trying to figure that out. But on a small scale, 
we're able to isolate out, you know, CBN, CBG, THC. Um, and we really think that's where the future is because then you can start, you know, CBG is something that people are starting to figure out is extremely beneficial. Um, so we're just trying to figure out how we can produce CBG on a larger scale. But chromatography was the answer to that. Okay. And is CBD water soluble or, and, and how do you make it water soluble? It, you're, yeah. So CBD or THC or CBG is not water soluble on its own, but through uh, micro encapsulation is the only method I'm aware of. There might be some other methods out there, but it's just, you know, real small micro particles that are encapsulated by something. And uh, then it's essentially suspended in a liquid like water. Um, so it's not really you know, soluble in it, but it's suspended and it's you know so small you can't really see it. So it's essentially water soluble. Okay, so when I see a CBD water, how does that, what process do you get down to being able to drink CBD water? I'm assuming it's CBD isolate that has been micro encapsulated. So real, real, real fine powder, you know, you know, pieces of CBD encapsulated that's kind of floating around in that water. And it's usually on such a micro dose anyways, um, you know, I don't even believe you can see it in the water. Okay. And it's CBD oil tested and typically what is it tested for? Yes. Um, all the same things that marijuana is tested for. We test it for pesticides, uh, potency. Um, you know, some of that hemp has more CBN or CBG or THC. So to stay within the regulations of the industrial hemp industry, we got to make sure that THC levels are low. Um, and that we're not sending marijuana products to our customers. And do you see CBD in the future being marketed at a percentage wise, uh, like a yield, or how do you see it being marketed? Like someone's like, oh, this is 20% CBD for it. How do you see that market develop? Still trying to figure that out. Um, so some people, I don't really know. I know that, you know, there's milligrams of CBD percentages. Some people are just looking at overall milligrams. Some people are looking at overall cannabinoids with the CBD. So that part we're still trying to figure out a little bit. You know, the isolate is nice because there's zero of anything else, but then that's also what makes it bad is it's missing everything else. So I think a good blend, you know, a full spectrum oil with your CBD, a little bit of THC, your CBN, your CBG, good, all, you know, well-rounded mixtures, I think uh, is going to be the future. Okay, we've talked a lot about a whole whole plant and things like that during this this value of of things being derived from hemp seeds and, and being pressed that way. Or do you see? Are you on the side of whole plant and 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 utilizing it that way? Whole plant and utilizing it that way. The the seeds don't produce you know cannabinoids. So so hemp seed oil, cold pressed hemp seed oil, has been around for years. You know we've been importing it. It's cannabinoids. It's just got oil. You know it's got omega threes and stuff like that. Um, but then in, the, in the flower of the plant, that's where you start getting your cannabinoids and other oils. Wonderful. Okay, last question for you, Craig. So can CBD from industrial hemp be sent across state lines, and if so, why? It can. Um, it was derived from industrial hemp. It all falls underneath the Department of Agriculture. So unless a specific state has rules against it, um, then we're allowed to ship across state lines. Okay, so what do you make of in Colorado that you have do, are, are they able to sell just CBD only products or does it have to have a little bit of THC? How does that so the, the dispensaries, I don't think they're allowed to sell CBD only products. They can, however, I believe, purchase CBD isolate from someone like myself and use it as an ingredient in, uh, let's say, their marijuana edible products where it has to boost up the CBD levels a little bit. 
Um, as far as I know, that's legal, but I don't think they're allowed to sell CBD, non-THC products, at least, you know, inside of the dispensary. Okay, and we see a lot of um, products like Stratos has a nice pill out there that's a 15 to 1 CBD to THC ratio. Um, that seems to be selling very, very well. Um, they have it down to a, to a science. It's pretty uh, homogenous. Everything's consistent there. If someone came to you, Craig, and said, listen, I'm working on, I've got this food product and I want to inject just higher levels of CBD, is that an, a conversation you would entertain or would you just refer that out to someone? No, that's exactly what we do. Um, people call us up. They're wanting to put CBD in their products. So, you know, we let them know what we have. We try to figure out what they're trying to achieve, and then we work something out. So is, is someone able to bring you, say they brought you a food product, a brownie or otherwise, or even something more difficult like a lozenger, would you then spray CBD on it, or would you need to infuse it? or could No, you so yeah, we wouldn't actually make the brownie or the lozenge here. We would figure out, you know, what they're doing, and we would send them the CBD that is best for their product, um, and then, you know, explain to them how they can mix it in. So depending on what it is, if it was a drink, then we, you know, we'd hook them up with our water-soluble CBD. Let's say it was a lozenge. Then however they're making their lozenges, at one point that hard candy was essentially a liquid. We'd explain to them how they mix in CBD with that, uh, you know, in their, in their process. Okay. And looking at your website here, extractlabs.com, extractlabs.com, what is your number one selling product? Um, shatter has been really big. It's, it's the most popular. So CBD shatter with the terpenes infused in it has been the most popular. It probably isn't what we sell the most of isolate's probably what we sell the most of just because everyone knows what it is. It's easy to ship across state lines and it's real easy to mix in with most, uh, you know, either edible products or body care products. So we probably sell the most isolate, um, but really our, our most popular that like end users or end consumers are coming back for. I'm looking at your volume prices though. So if you're, if you're just under 500 pounds, you've got a price there, you got a significant price break if you're 500 to a thousand pounds. But I notice you'll do, you know, your, your CO2 or you'll do alcohol, but then you do winterization, distillation and isolation for free. How do you work that in? And, and has that been something that your farmers and uh, agricultural folks have been responding to? Yeah, so we our prices are actually lower now than they were um, when I made that price list. Things have you know dropped a lot lately, but we will. We don't you know if a farmer brings us a hundred pounds, um, we're we're not going to nickel and dime them for every step of the process. We'll give them a real low fee, you know, competitive price, and just try to get their business. Um, and if they want some of it winterized, some of it distilled, some of it taken all the way to isolate, it's the same price. Okay. And if, if everything becomes legal tomorrow and you're able to sell across state lines and, and uh, you have all the restrictions le- you know, removed here from in, in Colorado as far as a THC requirements, would you expand Extract Labs or, or are you content just kind of serving the state of Colorado? I'd love to expand Extract Labs. Whether we did it today or we waited until the laws changed, um, I just need more capital. <laughs> I don't think I could expand at the moment. We're still trying to just grow our Colorado operation. There's still a lot of room for improvements here. But once we get this, you know, location and once we actually, you know, the the industry itself fluctuating a lot with the prices of CBD, they keep seem to be dropping um, fast. So we're just trying to, you know, it's every time it drops, we have to call our farmers up and inform them like, hey, you know, we need to lower our prices a little bit. Can we get you to lower your pricing a little bit? Let's just try to get this stuff sold. 
Um, so once things plateau out a little bit, then maybe we can start thinking about expanding. Wonderful. Well, I have a feeling, Craig, you're not going to have trouble finding capital. I think what you're doing is outstanding. You're absolutely a leader in the industry. I'm very, very proud to have you on the show and very grateful for you to stop by. Yes. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So our listeners, please follow Craig. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. Obviously, there are consulting services that he offers. Um, You can go to www.extractlabs.com, headquarters there in Boulder, Colorado. So I want to thank you all for joining us on this edition of Blunt Business. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com, BluntBusinessRadio.com, or subscribing to the show on iTunes. Stitcher, and now on iHeartRadio. Craig, thanks so much for being here. And everyone listening, I hope you have an outstanding rest of your week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.